the Baptist called people to repent or turn to God because his kingdom was coming. Jesus called people to repent because the kingdom was close at hand. But St. Peter called people to repent because the kingdom had come. The very moment when Jesus was glorified was the very moment when the fullness of life that filled him began to overflow onto and into all who would repent or turn and open themselves to receive his love. We can only hope to achieve the prayer without ceasing when we begin to realize that every moment is a moment for repentance for turning to receive the love of God that continually surges out of the risen Christ. Repentance is practiced inside of prayer by using whatever means of prayer helps you to do this, despite the distractions that do not prevent but actually facilitate repentance. However, outside of prayer, repentance can still be practiced each time a person tries to turn to God in the neighbor in need. And by offering to God everything we do, even the most humdrum tasks, by doing them with care and integrity. In this way, every moment of our day can become a time to turn to God, no matter whether we are trying to pray or trying to live out our vocation in the world. Now, it is in giving or repenting inside of prayer that we receive the love that enables us to keep turning to God outside of prayer. Here, repentance continues if we keep trying to turn to him in the neighbor in need and in the way we try to offer all and everything we do, uniting all our sufferings to the sufferings of Christ. Notice, how many times the word try or trying has been used. We do not achieve the prayer without ceasing when we have managed to turn to God without any let or hindrance because nobody can ever achieve that permanently. The most we can do is to try our best. It is by trying our best to turn to God at all times that we attain the prayer without ceasing. That's why the great philosopher Simone Weil said, A person is no more than the quality of his or her endeavor. This is how God will ultimately judge us all, not by what we think we have achieved or failed to achieve, but by the quality of our endeavor, by how best we have tried. Only Our Lady was conceived without sin. That means that the rest of us were not. That's why we are continually falling, both inside and outside of prayer, whether we like it or not. And that includes the saints too. Now, the difference between them and us is not that they did not fall and we do, but that they learned how to use their inevitable failures to their best advantage. St. Paul was the first to pen what is in fact the great secret of the spiritual life. It is this, that God's power works most perfectly in human weakness, gradually transforming it. That's why no one can progress in the spiritual life without the humility to know their weakness and their need of the only one who can help them. What further distinguishes us from the saints is the speed with which they turn for help. We keep procrastinating because 
Pride prevents us from accepting our failures, and so valuable time is wasted. In fact, the greater the pride, the greater the length of time it takes before a person finally gets enough humility to seek the forgiveness that they need and the grace to begin again. Like St. Peter, the saints immediately turn back to God the very moment, the very second they realized that they had failed him. They did this repeatedly without the endless delays that stymie the spiritual growth of the rest of us. Because when you stop falling, you are in heaven. But when you stop getting up, you're in hell. Whether in or out of prayer, the measure of spiritual advancement can always be determined by the speed with which we turn back to God from the distractions, the temptations, or the sins that try to turn us away from him. However, what all the saints discovered was that this speed could only be maintained with help and strength from God. That is why, though they may have differed from one another in everything else, they were one in their daily commitment to prayer. They knew without a shadow of a doubt that without it, they had no power to do anything of any real worth or value, let alone advance in the spiritual life. That is why each of them, in different ways, all echo the words of St. Teresa of Avila when she said, There is only one way to perfection, and that is to pray. And if anyone points in another direction, then they are deceiving you. Like most European Catholics, I was born and brought up in the aftermath of the Renaissance. Influenced by a spirituality that owed as much to the rise of humanism as to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Naturally, I thought that if I were to attain the sanctity to which I aspired, it would be primarily the result of my own efforts. I was in fact a Christian Stoic, a Pelagian who had failed so comprehensively to make myself into the saint of my dreams that I was about to give up the spiritual life for good. It was then that I came across Pax Anime, written by the Spanish Franciscan John of Bonilla in 1588. It was a spiritual gem, untouched by the spirit of humanism. The credo of humanism is, I believe in me, the credo of Christianity is, I believe in God. It was the nearest I had come to a Damascus Road experience. It immediately enabled me to see that I had been misled into believing that I could be the architect of my own perfection. Its very first paragraph showed me why I had failed and what I ought to do to succeed. With love, he writes... You may bring your heart to do whatever you please. The hardest things become easy and pleasant, but without love you will find anything not only difficult, but quite impossible. In short, with love all things are possible, but without love nothing is possible. The most rigorous asceticism that I had adopted to make myself perfect had done nothing but exhaust me. Now I could see that I would achieve nothing without coming to know and experience the self-same love that animated the man I wanted to emulate more than any other. 
I needed a new type of asceticism that would not dissipate my energies trying to do the impossible, but which would enable me to do the one thing necessary. In short, I needed to gather what little resources I had to create quality space and time in my daily life for the profound prayer that would give me access to the self-same love that filled Jesus Christ and inspired everything that he said and did. I knew that this love would have to be experienced if it was going to give me the inner security that would alone do for me in some small measure what it had done in full measure for Jesus Christ. I had a new asceticism with which to substitute the old, and I called it the asceticism of the heart.